Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One, the fastest rising podcast, not just on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. But in the sport itself, I'm confident enough in saying that at this point, as we are here to discuss the uh, what's next coming out of UFC 258. And it was capped off by another successful welterweight title defense by one Kamaru Usman. And uh, what a performance it was. I am Mike Hack, and joining me as always, the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the prince of positivity himself, Mr. Alex Cayley. Hey, buddy. Did you get enough sleep? Michael, no, of course not. <laughs> Michael, happy Valentine's Day weekend. Yes. Uh, I, look, I, I know uh, you're a happily married man, but, uh, you know, someone had, as I mentioned on the previous show, someone did call us the uh, Dustin and Jolie Poirier of the podcasting, <laughs> of, the, of the MMA media sphere. So uh, I cannot think of a better way to spend uh, a part of my Valentine's Day weekend than with, with my best friend, Mike Heck. So I hope everyone out there, single, married you know girlfriend boyfriend whatever whatever relationship you happen to be in or not be in i hope you're just having to you know just love yourself and having a great having a great uh, had a great weekend by the time uh, you hear this show yeah hopefully you're uh you're sitting down you got that nice little rug on the floor you got the fireplace oh. roaring and you're blasting on to the next one in the background while you're eating chocolate covered strawberries i mean it's just the stuff the dreams are made <laughs> of right here what an and image what an image indeed is uh <laughs> Let us start at the top of this card. The big story, my friend, Kamara Usman defends his title. He stops his friend, former training partner in Gilbert Burns in the third round. He got into some trouble early in the first. Burns rocked him. He recovered. He showed incredible composure. And he gets a big, big win. And on top of that, he surpasses the legendary George St. Pierre's consecutive win streak in the UFC's welterweight division. What a performance. The man has options. He called for Jorge Masvidal. Do you think that's the direction they go, AK, or do they go the the more meritocracy route? I think that's the direction they could go. Uh, we, we debated it quite a bit in the post-fight show we did on Saturday. I, I don't love it. 
there's many, many good points that you brought up and, and several other brought, people brought up. It was brought up on social media. A lot of people like it. Brought up by Usman himself, as, as you said, of course, that uh, he, he knows where the money's at. The fir- their first fight on short notice with really not that much time to promote it, 1.3 million reported pay-per-view buys. That's an insane number these days, uh, especially in the ESPN Plus era and in the 12 uh, pay-per-views a year era, 50 fight cards a year. 1.3 million. When you're not Conor McGregor and you, you, know, you don't have a name like that uh, or Habib, impressive. Uh, I, I still think a rematch wouldn't do as well, but if it still cracks seven figures, I don't think you complain if you're Usman, if you're getting those uh, sweet, sweet pay-per-view bonus points. So I'm not against it, but I went I went a little bit outside the box here, and I went with a choice that some people would probably just be like, what in the world am I talking about? This man's free now. And you know what? I think he's done enough to earn the rematch. I don't care. Let's just book Usman Leon Edwards. Let's... This this whole Leon Edwards thing, him trying to finding a fight for him, has been a roller coaster, and I don't care if it ends. <laughs> I think it'd be wild if it just ended with them saying, "You know what? Forget it. We're done with the Shemayev thing. <laughs> We're just giving you the Usman uh, a rematch. The first fight was like five years ago. Let's just and it, 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 let's just hope it doesn't fall through. Uh, Usman needs a challenger. There's not an obvious one at the moment. Leon Edwards, Usman too. That's it. I don't feel strongly about that one either, but that's where I would go. As you sort of alluded to, I, I said this after the fight, Kamara Usman was the biggest winner on Saturday. Second on that list was not Alexa Grasso. It was not Julian Marquez, although he may have surpassed it with uh, what we just saw on social media with Miley Cyrus. But still, I don't think he was the second biggest winner of the night. He's, he's, he's a very close third. Number two on that list is Jorge Mazadal. To have Kamara Usman win a fight like that and get on the microphone unprovoked and call you out the way that he did... That was a gift, an absolute gift from the Nigerian nightmare to Mr. Gamebird himself. And because of that, I think this is the way they do end up going. And I agree with Usman here. We need some movement. We need to see some activity in this division. And we need to see some contenders emerge. And the reason that this is a good option is because we haven't seen that. that No contender has emerged. I understand Leon Edwards is on this great streak, but he hasn't fought in almost two years. I mean, it's been a long time since he beat Rafael Dos Anjos, and that's the best win. That That's his marquee victory, is the Rafael Dos Anjos win, and it was a, it was a dominant decision, but it wasn't a, a performance where you're like, oh my God, this guy is the number one contender for the 170-pound title. You can make the argument for it, but there was no definitive response of, oh my God, if this guy's not next... I'm done watching MMA. It just doesn't. It just isn't going to work like that. So I think Mazadal is going to be the guy. I I think it makes sense. It's the best financial fight. And if you don't do it now, I don't think he can do it because if Mazadal takes another fight, it's going to be against Edwards or it's going to be against Colby. And I think he loses both of those fights. So if you're going to book it, you got to do it now. So I'm I'm okay with it. It's it's just so weird to me to give him an immediate rematch. <laughs> I just wish he. I just wish Masvidal had fought any anyone, anyone. He could have fought someone outside the top fifteen. You know, uh, we say this all the time. They don't do tune-up fights in MMA. This is one situation where it would have been cool to do a tune-up fight for Masvidal to remind people of how you know how he got so hyped with with, with the Askren win and uh, you know becoming a knockout artist out of nowhere, getting another finish. And Nate Diaz getting another finish in there ah, would have been nice, and I would have been so down for it. And, and you raise a good point that Edwards, it's been even longer since he fought, but at least he's coming off a win. So in, in my mind, I was thinking of like uh, when Woodley got the title shot with um, with Robbie Lawler. And there was kind of that weird, I think it's like a 14-month, 15-month gap because um, 
uh, he was supposed to fight Johnny Hendricks, and Johnny, uh, Johnny Hendricks couldn't make uh, messed up making the weight, and that fight got canceled. So I think, and I think in that sense, a lot of people saw that as like a default win for Woodley. So maybe that's why that title shot wasn't so strange. But I'm seeing, I imagine, I'm thinking of Edwards the same way, where uh, yeah, it's a big gap, but I do feel like he's coming off a decent win. It it certainly would draw a fraction. Of the peer, a small fraction of the peer review buys of uh, Usman Masvidal two rematch, but yeah, this is again not what I think will happen. If I were booking, I'm going with uh, Edwards. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, what's a tune-up fight for a guy like Masvidal who's sitting at the at the head table right now in terms yeah. of superstardom? It's uh yeah, it's an interesting spot. But again, this is this is a point we try to make on this program, especially if if AK and I match make you coming off of a win, you take these fights. You don't sit on the sidelines. You say yes. You take these fights and you fight. And then we don't have these problems. But here we are. Hello. The whole tough thing, Hello. I could I could care less about the Ultimate oh, Fighter gosh, thing. No. I mean, if you do it, great. But I, I don't care. I don't care. It's fine. It has nothing to do with the fight itself. If you're going to do it, just book it and hopefully we can get it in and out and this division can move forward. As we now head to the game challenger, Gilbert Burns, who is, man, so close. So, so close to becoming the welterweight champion. He hurt Kamaru Usman badly in the first round. Got a little overzealous. To quote Miley Cyrus, came in like a wrecking ball. And in the end, he was finished. He was heartbroken. And he took it on the chin. Showed up to the press conference, answered all the questions. And he wants to get right back in there. This is the Gilbert Burns that, that we all know and love. I'm going to take two or three weeks off, and I'm calling Dana, and you could throw me on a March card. And I'll be honest... I have no idea where this thing goes, AK. No clue. He'll literally fight anybody. If you want to put him against the 25th ranked guy in the division, he'll do it. I just have no clue. But I'll say, I know he wants to get right back in there, but let's give him a little bit of a breather. So it's two options for me. Wonderboy in May or Michael Chiesa in July. Those are the choices for me that are possible. Unless the only other option, and this would be bananas if he does it, turn right around and fight Leon Edwards on March 13th. Seems super unlikely, but if there's one guy in this division who could do that, it is Gilbert Burns. I don't love the idea, especially coming off of a knockout loss like that. But to me, it's Wonderboy or Chiesa. But man, what a story that would be if he just says, you know what, F it, I'll fight fight Leon Edwards on March 13th, a month after I lost the title fight to Kamaru Usman. What do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, look, uh, I mean, I don't know how hurt Burns is from the fight. He took some hard punches. He, t- he, he took some really, really hard punches. Like both guys did, but definitely Burns, uh, you know, he, those, some of those shots were really laid in there by Usman. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, like if that happens and, and we saw him have a quick turnaround, you know, again, much like Miley said, uh, I, uh, Gilbert, if you're out there, I would love to see you again. Uh, to again. Uh, <laughs> Cyrus, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, God, listeners, it's only begun. It's only begun. Uh, but... Uh, you know, we were just talking about what is a t- what what kind of fight would be would be good for Masvidal, uh, Jorge Masvidal, to earn his way back to a title shot. So I said, man, why can't he fight Gilbert Burns? It's weird. I didn't see. I don't know if I saw anybody mention it, and I I was literally kind of just going through the reader submissions, and I don't think I saw any of the readers suggested either. So I don't know if people think this is outside the realm of possibility. Again, I know I'm going kind of away with what's likely to happen. I, I don't know. Think Masvidal would want to take that fight. Uh, Burns certainly would. I think anyone would want to fight Masvidal now. Like, like we've said many times, he, he has a name. Uh, but I like that. I, I like this. I like it stylistically. I like it as a test for both guys. I think it's a fair way to Burns for Burns to earn an immediate, uh, not immediate, but earn a what one fight, one win, and a rematch. He hurt Usman. You know, people would people. He looked good. He looked good in this fight. Nothing about this fight said, ah, well, 
that's it for Burns. He's he, he's not going to fight for the title again. He absolutely looked like a, a potential world champion. I mean, when I pick Usman in a rematch, yeah, I'll pick Usman against anyone at 170 right now. But the possibility of Burns winning is absolutely there. So, uh, yeah, would love to see him go against Masvidal and and uh, and one of them getting a rematch. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Not going to happen, but I would love not to see happen. it. It's just un- it's unfortunate that this is where we're at right now, but. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a, a detriment to Mazadal or a credit to Mazadal. Probably more a credit because you go out there, you lose four rounds to one easily on six days' notice. And there's a modicum of truth to Kamar. I mean, even, even Colby said, he goes, the only reason Mazadal's taking this fight is because he's got a built-in excuse. And I'm not saying that this is an excuse per se, but it's it's not bad business. You win, unbelievable. You're a hero for going in on six days' notice and beating Kamar Usman across the world and cutting 24 pounds in less than a week. And if you lose, you took a shot. You took a shot. You took on one of the more dominant champions in UFC history, and and you gave it your all, and you didn't get finished. So smart move, man. Smart move. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Um, co-main event, we saw Alexa Grasso defeat a very game Macy Barber. She looked really good. She overcame the flurry in the third round, and she gets a big win at 125 pounds. And with that, to quote another Miley Cyrus song, the climb yeah. is on for Alexa Grasso. She yeah. likely will jump into the top 10 with this victory. What do you think is next for her, AK? First of all, uh, what a great uh, yeah. Look, Grasso, that was uh, as much as as Barbara was hyped up. I think the UFC did an okay job of also shining a little light on, on Grasso. I you know we, we know that they're they're behind Barbara a lot. Um, she's kind of everything they 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 want in a young prospect. Very confident, exciting style, a fight finisher at 125 pounds, uh, coming off contender series. So she's kind of a living endorsement for that whole project. Um, but but I I I'm glad they didn't completely overlook Grasso because I think you know Grasso again was once that blue chip prospect is still only 27 years old is looking like she's reaching her athletic prime is, is, is getting into like the best shape of her life and, and again and at a new weight class is just perfect for her and and uh we we's always knows we's always we <laughs> great grammar we've always known she's had the skills and had the potential and she really put it together uh on saturday is there still stuff to work on of course i mean she lost the third round you know so a, a little uh, late late game finishing probably needs to you know need to refine that but that, like i said 27 years old uh, she's only she's less than 15 fights into her MMA career. There's we'll be seeing Grasso competing for a long time, uh, or hopefully not. She makes a lot of money and retires. Whatever whatever works out for her. Uh, so I, I'm not go, I'm not shooting too big here. I'm not shooting too big here. I I just went with uh, looked up. I went I consulted my rankings. I said who's in the area around Alexa Grasso with a similar record at 125, and I went with Talos Santos. Huh. Hmm. That's an interesting matchup. I know it's not. It's it's not again. It's it's, it's kind of it's na- name value wise, big step back from Barber. I get it, big step back. But they're both two and one as flyweights in the UFC, and I think that's uh, that to me is just 
let's let's like you said you said you mentioned you know you took my the climb reference but i was gonna say like you know it's about it's not about getting big names all right it's about it's about the climb for alexa grasso right now <laughs> oh we could do this all day with love with miley cyrus songs i'm kind of i'm kind of out of songs actually but i, there, I might have one more there could be seven things i could say about this fight yeah, no, I'm, I'm done i'm done i'm done listen if you watched if you watch the post-fight show, this is not a surprise, but this one is super easy for me. I think it's probably the easiest pick on the whole card. It's Jessica I. Grasso versus Jessica I checks all the boxes. It helps get Grasso over because of how people seem to feel or react to Jessica I. I think people respect Jessica I as a fighter. They were, they like to watch her compete. Um, they just, for some reason, just find her a little cringy. And I think the second this fight gets booked... Alexa Grasso gains fans. She gets Instagram followers. She gets a little bit of a rub before she even makes that walk to the octagon. So, yeah, not much more I can add to that. I like that idea for sure. I think it's a best-case scenario for Alexa Grasso at this point. So, I like it. We uh, we head to the middleweight division. Kelvin Gaslam. Talk about a man who had the weight of the world on his shoulders, AK. Comes into this fight. Three-fight losing streak. Goes out there and... Throws Ian Heinish around, dominates. Nice win for him. Heinish had a, some moments in the third round, took his back, but Calvin stayed calm, cool, collected, and it gets a big win. And he wants to be available in case something happens with this Robert Whittaker versus Paulo Costa matchup, which apparently has some sort of tiny wrench in it because it's supposed to be April 17th. The UFC wanted to do a week before. On ABC, there's no agreement there. I don't know what's going to happen, but I feel like they'll they'll get this fight cooking. I like the idea of Gaslam keeping himself available, especially if this, they can't make this thing happen. It makes sense. If that can't happen, I don't want to see Gaslam like rush right back in there. I kind of like the idea of him fighting Jared Kennanier next, depending on how soon Jared can get back from the forearm injury. It's a good test for both guys. The only other option, I'll, I'll let you go because it's obviously another option that I have, and I don't want to take yours, which could be yours. So, uh, what do you think's next for Calvin? Is it the sexy, sexy option of Calvin Gaslam versus Mari Medov? No, there's not the sexy option of that fight. <laughs> I, I have went, look, I'm, I'm looking at my selections now, and I'm like, I, look, I get it. I went away from buzzworthy, buzzworthy, oh, fans that, Fights that the UFC wants to generate rating. I'm doing a lot of air quotes right now, people, for you guys <laughs> just listening. But a lot of oh, who care about ratings and pay-per-view buys and making money? Okay, oh yeah, because that stuff matters. In the you know, no. Uh, but I, I, I again, I, I don't know if I had troubles this week coming up with creative matchups, so I did stick to my rankings a lot. So I've made of is sort of. I mean, he's not in the top 10. Gaslam held his spot in the top 10 with the win over Heinish. Akhmedov right around in, you know, the 13 to 15 range. Uh, I think stylistically it's a good fight. I, I, I like it. He's, he's not a massive middleweight. I mean, these are kind of the best fights for Gaslam when he's fighting, you know, not not, not like the hulking uh, uh, guys at middleweight. Because he's still, he does still look like a, a 170 year at times. He's definitely filled out. He looks a little more, uh, a little more like a guy who should be fighting at 185. But He's always going to be undersized when it comes to the when it comes to the top of the uh, top of the division. But and I'd have to give a shout out to uh, Harry Lipsky, one of our one of our listeners who did suggest this. And I think uh, I was looking back on the onto the next one notes. I think whenever Akhmedov's last fight was, uh, he suggested that uh, the Gaslam the Gaslam winner. So there we go. Gaslam won. And I think it's a good matchup. So thanks to hat tip to Harry Lipsky for that suggestion. 
He can't be tamed, ladies and gentlemen. Another Miley Cyrus <laughs> reference. All right, now I'm not. I'm done. I'm not doing it anymore. See you again. Uh, that's a good one too. Um, <laughs> the only the other option I had was the winner of Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. That makes that makes sense based on the rankings where these guys are at. Um, you know, either way, that win put Kelvin. It's nice. Kelvin comes in there. Oh man, three fight losing streak. If he loses, he's going to get cut. I saw that so many times. Even though I didn't think that at all, but now he gets a win, one win, and everyone's like, "He's back. Let's get him these top ten fights. Let's see if he can get back to the belt." Like, winning changes everything, does it not? Ak. Yeah, absolutely. Do, do you think? Yeah, you know, yeah. No, there's there's no remedy to to there's no career fix like winning just winning a damn fight. Uh, do you think that the Brunson Holland loser could also be an option? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be the winner, right? Just one, either the winner or a loser from that fight, depending how their kind of how their schedules shake out, and or would you prefer just the win or only the winner? That's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Now that I th- now that I think about it, it could be just Kevin Holland either way. Holland would like that. I, I think we've. I feel like we've proposed Holland Gastelum, but somewhere in but in between uh, Holland's third or fourth or fifth fight of of last year, I feel like we have definitely brought up Holland Gastelum as an option. We just didn't know when uh, when Gastelum was coming back. So uh, that that fight probably would have happened last year if Gastelum was uh, was going to get booked uh, for a fight last year. Lots of options for Calvin. Congratulations on the win. Uh, good guy, and he's back in the win column. As we head to the, how do we? The feather bantamweight division, yeah, it's, the, 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 <laughs> it's a good, it's a good division, whatever it is. Yes, the the or as uh, Brian Kelleher called it, the Boomatine division. Uh, Ricky Simone represents Team Mullet, picks up a unanimous decision win over Team Crystals. Brian Boom Kelleher, the aforementioned Brian Kelleher, is a fun scrap. Simone did his thing. The guy's a tough out man, and he wants a rank guy next. So, are you ready to give it to him, AK? Are you ready to give Ricky Simone a guy with a number next to his name? Uh, I have to check if this guy's ranked because I I don't know if this guy's ranked or now. But uh, let me first say, I I just love uh, I, I know he lost, but I just love that Brian Kelleher. I'm fighting at 145 pounds during this like pandemic strategy. You know, I he's four straight fights now at 145. But I just lo- I, I like that we all kind of understand these are bantamweight fights. These are bantamweight fights where guys aren't cutting weight. Hunter Azure bantamweight. Cody Stamen bantamweight. Ray Rodriguez bantamweight. And, and now Ricky Simone bantamweight. Cody Stamen's done it too. I think Cody Stamen, some uh, Cody Stamen has taken a couple of fights at, at 145 as well. So guys, this is smart. I don't know why. I, got, I know it's easier maybe in in this division uh, and maybe flyweight as well because it's just the 10 pound difference. Maybe guys at welterweight and middleweight and like light, light heavyweight can't really do that. Um, but I wish they could. I wish I wish a lot of these guys were just like, I'm not <laughs> just screw it. I'm not cutting weight. I'm going off and fighting it like, you know, I'm 205 pounds and I'm just having a big turkey. I'm having a big steak dinner the night before. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these guys have the right idea. So hopefully they keep up with that. Yes. Yeah, so the name I'm thinking of is ranked. OK, I'm looking at the official rankings. He's certainly in uh, ranked in my own rankings as well. My, my notes are a bit of a jumble here. I, I don't have him in my top 15, oddly enough. I want to see this rematch. It's been mentioned on the show before. I have to do another hat tip for a reader, Michael Perugini. Mirab Dvalishvili rematch. It's time. It is time. Um, Dvalishvili had a fight fallout, right? He was supposed to fight Stamen? Excuse me. Yes, 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 yes. Thing that happened? Yeah. So if that, if that doesn't get uh, – I, I don't know if that's going to get rebooked – I would like to see him fight Simone again. Uh, first fight, April 2018. A lot of controversy. A fight Mirab was winning until the end, and then we had the, the that bizarre guillotine, guillotine choke. Uh, the feet kind of kicking, and was Mirab out? Was he not? He recovered right away. So I think that's an unanswered question. Uh, and, and as I said, in the official rankings, Nawaz really is 
uh, higher. He, oh, he's ranked and Ricky Simone is not. So there we go. So I think Simone would absolutely be down for that. This is tough because Bantamweight is just, and we talk about this weekly on the show, it's just so deep with talent. and So good. So good. Simone is a problem. Like, he proved it again on Saturday. I just don't know. And it's kind of like the problem Marab has. And I don't think it's to the same level as Marab because what Marab does in there is just freakish. And I know Simone is a win over him, but there's just not a lot of top 15 guys who are going to be like, oh, boy, Ricky Simone? Yay, let's fight that guy. I don't know. Like, you could do maybe a Hafiel Sunsau. Marl Marais seems like an interesting option. Maybe a Cody Stamen, but if he does that, it's something he'd probably have to like turn around quickly to do. But he just fought like twice in three weeks, so I don't see like the need to do that. Um, so unfortunately, he's probably going to have to take another fight outside of the top 15, maybe inside the top 25. And I personally, I don't like to match make winners from the same card unless it calls for it. But Simone versus Chris Gutierrez seems like a fun matchup to me because how good are your takedowns when Gutierrez is landing them tree trunks on your thighs and your calves? It sucks. Like, I felt bad for Andre Ewell watching that fight. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't imagine the pain this man is in. And Gutierrez is looking to take that next step as well. The guy is unbeaten in his last five fights. Andre Ewell is a tough out, and this is a no-doubter win on the cards. This wasn't like a controversial decision whatsoever. He went in there and blasted him in that third round. I like it. I actually think that's what ends up happening here. And the winner of this fight gets very close to that top 15, if not like in the top 15 itself, AK. It's, it's a great fight. Uh, how amazing is it that Gutierrez, by the way, was able to implement uh, those leg kicks, a technique which was just invented by Dustin Poirier like a month ago. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, according, according to Conor McGregor, there was no way there was no way to see that technique coming. It's like a le- kicking my leg. What? How? I was not expecting this. So Chris Gutierrez, my goodness. Uh, well done. Well done studying that footage. Uh, and bring, bring it in like guys leg kicks this is i'm just saying get on this this is uh we're probably a little bit late on the bandwagon now but this might be the hot new technique of 2021 so uh <laughs> i i would love you're right i would love to see how simone uh would navigate those he's so explosive he's so fast but yeah those leg kicks man they 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 uh they'll slow you down a bit they'll slow down a few of those first the first round you might make it out of there but uh, you're not going to be happy. So, uh, yeah, I, I I like that too. I, I but I agree. It, it just doesn't look like there's a top 15 or a top 10. I just say a top 10 opponent uh, for Simone right now. That makes a lot of sense. Main card, we go to the MVP. Mm-hmm. We go to the MVP, Julia Marquez. What a story! What a comeback! He's down two rounds to Maki Patolo. Needs a finish, and between James Krause's kind words. Probably as Miley's party in the UFC, blasting in his brain, heading in that third round. He comes from behind and submits Maki Patolo. Just the stuff you love to see in this sport after being out for almost a thousand days. First win in almost four years. Just absolutely remarkable. And as heroic and as much as we love Julian Marquez right now, we're not pushing this man too high. We just want to see him fight. We just want to see him have fun fights where his personality can shine. And I was thinking about this when I woke up this morning and I was like, you know, this is one of those situations where you just can't go wrong. There's no wrong answer, but there's no like real right answer until it hit me, AK. There is a right answer. And to me, there's only one answer. The answer is John Young Park. 
because these two guys with these two personalities going out there and just having a good old time for our enjoyment this is the fight ak this is the fight crush me with greatness marquez versus jun young park i don't know if this is because we've been doing the show that maybe we have uh been like we have brought unity to the universe <laughs> jun young park is my pick as well I, there was at least three readers that suggested Jun Young, uh, Marquez Jun Young Park. And this again, like it's kind of weird because this is – it's not like Jun Young Park is a household name. Marquez is certainly not a household name. Uh, and unless everyone was like me and keeping their own rankings, I don't know why they would necessarily like have them in the same sphere. But it really only took me like maybe a couple of minutes of like kind of again looking at my rankings and kind of thinking of like, like logical matchups. And Jun Young Park – normally I have alternatives. Jun Young Park is the only name I have down for some reason. So <laughs> – I guess, this is, I guess good. we're going to have to tweet, tweet this out a few times. Marquez Park, this is the fight to make. Uh, like you said, their personalities, I think it's a good test for both guys. I, I'm i just surprised that that uh, for a guy who's in the middle of the pack of, of, the, of his division, uh, Mar- and Marquez, that there wasn't a more kind of like diverse range of options. Junyong Park, I, I, people are talking about it. There's a real buzz about it, Mike. It's just, it's just right. Like, Park is such a fun guy. Can, like, j- just... Just the builds between them, like the, the the face-off. It'd be like the friendliest, fun, most fun face-off in the history of the middleweight division. I love it. I love it. It's great. I think this is the only. This is the fight, and any other fight makes no sense. Let's make it happen. We need to find a clever hashtag. If you're listening right now, think of something. We will run with it and make this fight happen. We do have to give some love to Anthony Fluffy Hernandez, AK. Wow. We just have to. Big upset win. Not just beating, not just finishing, but freaking submitting Adolfo Vieira, an ADCC champ. No one has ever done that to a former ADCC champ in the history of the UFC until now. Fluffy Hernandez makes his on-to-the-next-one debut, AK. What a moment. People talk about wanting to win world championships in the UFC, but some fighters just like, I need to be on on-to-the-next-one. And you've done so, Anthony Hernandez, with this, uh, with this big win of yours. What would you like to see for Fluffy? Man, I like Anthony Hernandez, but I, I honestly, I didn't know. I, I don't remember if I maybe I didn't see his uh, contender series fight. Uh, the the big finish overturned uh, for silly reasons. It was marijuana, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, forty second, really forty second. Was this a wait? He did he he won? Yeah, forty second yeah, win. That's right. I, this is a Jordan Wright thing where like I always talk about Jordan Wright and Jordan Wright's quote unquote undefeated, but uh, there is a technically a, a loss that we all saw in contender series. Uh, so I don't know. I, I remember. I, I remember. I, I didn't get what the big deal was around Anthony Hernandez. A lot of people I know in the MMA media and MMA fans are like, "Man, this guy's like really good. And he's like a future star." And I'm like, "Okay, I got, I'm right. I guess." Um, I did. I think he. I, I did think he was a live dog against uh, Vada. Vada was maybe the the biggest favorite on the card. One of the biggest favorites. At least, I think one of the two biggest favorites. I don't. I don't know if he was number one, and for good reason. Uh, but no, I love what I love her, what Hernandez did. He survived the first two minutes. That was the most important part. And then it was, and then uh, just put it on, put it on uh, Viana from there. So uh, I don't know. You know, I didn't have as easy a time as this one. So I settled on the uh, March twentieth bout between Trevin Giles and Drikas Duplessis, uh, and I'd like to see Hernandez fight one of them again. Just just guys that are in his in his range that I think I still want to see a little more from him before I get a proper gauge of like how far up the rankings he should go. So I think he has to wait for another fight to play out as opposed to me kind of like uh, cherry picking an opponent for him. I want to I want to see this fight play out and him take on whoever uh, gets gets out. That uh, does not get past that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I get I get where you're coming from. Uh, I, I landed on another sort of specialist um, that would create a, an interesting matchup, especially with how tough and explosive he is. The momentum he's carrying 
coming out of the win. He's this 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 gentleman's coming off a win too. I kind of like the idea of Fluffy versus Dolce Lungiambula. I just think it's a fun fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get, let, let Fluffy get in there and fly a little bit. You know, he's got to fight a submission like one of the best submission. Guys. The guy Dana White said was the best submission guy, best ground guy in the UFC. You survive that, get a submission one of your own. Let's let him. Let's let him try to style in there and have a fun striking match with a with a decorated kickboxer like a Muay Thai fighter. I like it. Middleweight is is uh, getting a, having surprising de- middleweight. I think I would say has not been one of the deeper divisions uh, historically in the UFC. And I'm, I was just looking over the rankings. There are a surprising amount of fun matchups, and and I really can't say enough about the matchups we had on Saturday. Gaslam Heinish was great. Uh, Hernandez Vallada was great, and uh, of course Marquez Empatola was was so much fun. So it's it's really cooking. I think if people look at the at the at the the, the maybe like the middle 20, 25, 30 fighters in the middleweight division. You'll find a, you. You could really pick a couple of random names out there, and you're you're gonna get some good stuff. Uh, like I guess I mentioned, Duplessis. I think Duplessis is a lot of fun to watch too. So, good for good for the 185 uh, division, the UFC, for kind of help starting to really finding ways to build. That. I don't know if it's guys moving into that division or people they signed. Uh, I'm not sure, but it's it's looking good. It's looking real good. Remember that Q and A Dana White did with Laura Sanko? He was asked by one of the fans, "What's the best? What do you think is the best division in the UFC?" And he said, "Middleweight." Thinks middleweight. Yep, thinks middleweight's best oh, division in the UFC right I now. I wouldn't. Go, okay, well, I wouldn't go that far. I think again, bantamweight. I think lightweight, welterweight. Lightweight, of course. Uh, bantamweight, welterweight, even featherweight. But but I, I would put middleweight in that mix. And if you asked me that, like even two years ago, I would have said middleweight's not close to being one of the five best <laughs> divisions in uh, in the UFC or MMA. Uh, but you could make an argument. I, I do. I do really like the middleweight division right now. There is still some like, there is still some like fun with this division where like it's very competitive, but still at the same time we get these like kind of interesting matchups. Where, like, and I love when you say it's like the most middleweighty of middleweight fights. Like, it's just so. I can't make so that joke. True. I don't know if I can make that joke anymore, Mike. Though I don't know. I don't know because no more so than other divisions. You know what I mean? Like that. It, it was a good running joke for a long time about the. The, the what a middleweight the texture of a middleweight fight is so unique now we got some good maybe i'm just high up 250 you know you know and maybe we'll have some uh some middleweighty middleweight fights in the next like uh month or so but but after last night no i'm reti- i am retiring that phase uh, i'm putting that phrase on a uh, suspension for like at least a week because middleweights you delivered on, uh, on saturday well done nicely done uh, but now we head to the wild card round where we find a fighter that we have not match made for yet, whether it be someone who is victorious in the prelims, someone who is un- not victorious in the main card, and we'll match make for them right now. So, AK, who is your wild card pick coming out of UFC 258? I was worried we might pick the same guy, but then I said, you know what? If it, if we did, he deserves a lot of shine because he could have been on the pay-per-view main card. I had to go with Bilal Muhammad. Uh, awesome performance against a, a game Diego Lima. Uh, a game, game Diego Lima should really be his name because that's kind of what Diego Lima is. Really, really tough opponent. He's going to pick up some wins against mid-tier guys. He's probably not going to beat uh, top 20 guys like Bala Muhammad. But he looked great. He looked great hanging in there. Uh, but Muhammad, man, the nonstop pressure is such a beast. So, you, look, you go with someone like-minded who can go with crazy three rounds and not nonstop three rounds. A, a higher-ranked guy. I liked the Li Jing Liang call-out, but I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, go for a guy coming off a, a loss, and I, I'd like to see Bala Muhammad and Neil Magny. You know, that's uh, that's a that's a cardio. Oh my god! Game. I can't believe I just that, heard this. That could be ten rounds. That could be a ten-round fight, and those guys aren't going to slow down. So, I would and I would love for that to be a fight night main event. That fight should not be uh, on. I, like I said, it'd be cool if Muhammad was on the pay-per-view, but if he gets this fight. Please, five-round fight night main event. I, I would need to see these guys go for 25 minutes because they can easily. What was that? What, what, what's what's that? Je- Jeff Neal's calling right now? He's mad oh, at AK? Listen, listen, I know Neil on Neal is alive again, <laughs> uh, and I'm excited about that. 
but I am ready. <laughs> I'm ready to move on for now. We, I, I still believe we'll see Neil on Neil someday. It just, does, it doesn't even need to happen this year, though. I know. I thought about that as I was making this. Wild man, unbelievable. Um, actually, thought Bilal kind of did the work for us. I, I mean, if they do Muhammad versus Neil Magny, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, I like the Lee Jingling call out. I like his explanation behind it. The man gets it. He understands what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I dig it. I am going with Macy Barber, and mostly because I just want to say this again: this woman is only 22 years old. She's young. She's tough. She's violent, and yes, she's very confident. And there's nothing wrong with confidence. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having goals and aspirations. If you watched my interview with Miranda Maverick, she's got goals and aspirations too. After her first win, she mentioned Valentina Shevchenko's name and that rubbed people the wrong way. But if you actually listen to what she said, it wasn't like cockiness or being conceited. It's just like, hey, I have goals. I think in 2022, I can fight this woman. Nothing wrong. She didn't say, I'm going to go out there and smash Valentina Shevchenko. No. And it's the same kind of thing here. I have a, I have a goal. I want to become the youngest UFC champion of all time. That's not cockiness. That's just like... I think I can do that. And as I talked about on the preview show or maybe the weigh-in show on Friday, I actually questioned the matchmaking with the Alexa Grasso fight because even though the betting lines are close and Barber has that power that can change things in a second, this just was a surprising piece of business after a 13-month layoff and after she suffered her first loss. Be that as it may, Macy Barber had her moments in this fight. She had a great third round. And she should not be getting destroyed for it on Twitter or whatever after that fight. Having said that, the road doesn't get a heck of a lot easier for her. But you can see that she's close, right? Like, I feel like the foundation is there. Those violent tendencies are, like, great weapons to have. But if she can, like, find the right team, the right coaches to channel that energy in a, in a healthy way... She's going to be a tough out at 125. She's going to be really, really good. Like her development, she's not even close to being where she's going to be in the sport. So I have two options for Macy moving forward. And if you listen to the pre to the post-fight show, this is not going to surprise you too much. One, Molly McCann, because you have to learn something about yourself when you fight Meatball Molly. She's going to be in your face. She's going to be getting after it. It's a super fun fight. But it's also a, a, a very winnable fight for Macy Barber, in my opinion, against a name that people have a ton of respect for. The other, if we're going to go for something with a little more name value, I like the Andrea Lee idea because Andrea does have that name. She's got a big following. She was close to fighting for the belt two years ago. Like If she had beat Joanne Calderwood at UFC 242, she probably would have fought Valentina for the belt. But she's lost her last three fights. They certainly weren't blowouts. But again, I think it's not a fight I look at on paper where I... I would question the matchmaking and or her Macy Barber's career management if they booked that fight. It's a fight Macy can win and gain some confidence from. Those are my two choices. Anything more than those options would be ludicrous in my opinion, AK. Yeah, look, and I'm glad you you said those those uh, sort of those things about um, Barber's prospects, though, because look, uh, look, we're not we're not we're not trying to sugarcoat the loss, you know, whatever. She lost two rounds at three. Grasso was a better fighter. But uh, yeah, people need to remember uh, that Grasso was in, the, in a similar position to where Barbara was five years ago. She had her own struggles and look where she is now. Everyone she's reminding everyone why she was kind of viewed as a future championship contender. Uh, 
And and, and 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 we're not guaranteeing anything with Barbara. We're not saying like, oh, you guys all should follow, uh, keep supporting Barbara because she's going to be a future champ. We're not saying that. She's 22 years old. Two years from now, she might decide, I don't even want to fight anymore. You know what I mean? She she might say, I'd want to be a veterinarian or a lawyer or a doctor or something. You know, she, who knows? Or I want to be an astronaut. So th- we're really just saying withhold judgment. It's fun to have snap judgments. I mean, we have to do that stuff all the time for our job. We got to appraise these fights. An, an hour after they've happened, we have to make this judgment call about, you know, oh, well, what did that fight mean for this fighter's career? But really, you, you've got to people need to keep perspective of sort of of sort of the long the long view here. Uh, and, and yeah, look, if you don't like Macy Barber, that's fine. You can you can dislike whoever you want. But if you want to say that all oh, these last two fights have exposed her and there's no way she's ever going to she's ever going to make it in this business like she, it, it's she's not even close to her. This is the start of her career. This is, when, this is when you're supposed to be taking tough losses to uh, to veteran competition. You know, it's nice to be undefeated, but you can learn a lot from these things. So, uh, yeah, really great main event. And and again, so much praise for Alexa Grasso, who who again, a great performance, and, and really looks like uh, herself looks like someone that could be one or two fights away from a title fight. Valentina needs fresh blood. There you go. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. What are the peeps thinking, AK? What are oh, they what thinking? Are peeps thinking? Well, uh, let's run. Okay, so quickly, let us run off some of the most popular. You, uh, Mike, you've mentioned in your sort of your, sort of your alternate options for some of these uh, picks you had. A lot of the readers are totally with you, so I'll run these off quickly. Uh, these are these are things that were mentioned by multiple readers, multiple listeners. Uh, Gilbert Burns versus either Colby Covington or Michael Chiesa. Gaslam versus Kananier, very popular choice. I must have seen that at, le- at least four or five times. Uh, Edmund Shabazian, I saw a couple suggestions, and then uh, either one of Brunson or Holland. That's sort of why I asked you because some I saw some people say Brunson Holland winner. I saw some people say Brunson Holland uh, loser. That that fight happens on uh, March 20th, just to remind people. So we'll find out soon enough which one of those guys is a more viable candidate. Uh, Grasso versus I, Mike. A lot of, a lot of people with you uh, on that one. They they like the idea of Grasso versus I. Calvillo was the other name that came up. This is one. Uh, this is one that I can't believe neither of us. Oh, did, did you? Maybe, uh, if you mentioned this, Mike, I'm sorry, and I missed it. Uh, I apologize. Uh, Marquez versus Buckley. Oh, yes. Uh, our Instagram pal Jay Steiner mentioned this is the cl- this might be the closest thing we'll get to Kraus versus Buckley, and I had not even thought of that honestly. But I was like, yeah, yeah. The proxy For... Marquez as right. Buckley. When I interviewed Buckley. After the not the because after the yeah. Jordan Wright win, yeah. he said he said the UFC offered him that like they wanted that fight. Marquez, they wanted Marquez versus Buckley, oh. and he said he claims the Marquez turned it down. Oh. Um, and then I think he said something like I, I don't care about that team anymore, something like that. Right? He said he said the whole team. Okay, he's like I, I'm, I'm, he said I don't care, right? At Buckley, like I, he was moving on from that. Like he doesn't want to start beef with that team or something. Before the DeCurico fight, he was like Buckley. She was like Kraus had his shot, he had his chance, and now I'm, I've moved on. But in that interview, mm-hmm. he called out the entire Glory MMA team. Oh, it's the opposite. He called out the. Yeah, oh, he's he like, I want. It. It. He goes, I want. Oh, okay, he okay. goes, I want to fight every single person on that team, all of them. 
so I can't believe none of us mentioned this, but so yeah, That's I not like a bad that. idea though. Yeah, a few people mentioned that, and, and again, I, I don't think Krause Buckley is ever happening, but Marquez Buckley, and you know Marquez would would sell the hell out. Well, they both would. Uh, Simone versus Asensio or Marlon Moraes. Yep, very popular option. Another one that came up. I hate it and I love it. Ah, Simone versus Frankie Edgar. Oh damn. Someone said it's because Simone's a wrestler and he probably wouldn't starch Edgar, but St- Simone actually has really good hands. I, I know, I know he he does rely on his wrestling a lot. He actually has a lot of pop. I do think he he hasn't had a knockout in the UFC. I think he actually has a knockout waiting to happen, and I don't front Frankie to be that knockout. On the other hand, I also kind of like Frankie's chance at that matchup, so I will certainly wouldn't put that forward. But I guess I it wouldn't be the worst if I saw it booked. I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, I kind of I think there there comes a time. Where you get these opportunities against these like former champions, these legends, so to speak. I feel like Simone got that already with Faber, and it didn't work out for him. I'm not saying he can never get back to that point, but there are other bantamweights that probably deserve an opportunity to fight somebody like a Frankie Edgar. I mean, Casey Kenny is getting the Dominic Cruz fight. If you threw <laughs> Frankie to like Marab or something, like I don't like that idea. But or even like a even like to a stamen. Because Stamen like said like that's his dream fight. He wants to fight Frankie Edgar. That's fine. But Simone's already gotten that shot. He he didn't he didn't come through. At least for now, I think there's other guys that could probably get that option. But listen, if they booked Ricky Simone versus Frankie Edgar, hashtag will watch. Yeah, of course. And uh, Chris Gutierrez, great to see him getting a lot of matchup love. A lot of people mentioning for him. Uh, popular ones were either Umar Nurmagomedov. Or the the not Habib related Saeed Nurmagomedov. So so people want to see some good Tierras Nurmagomedov action in some form. So uh, I thought that was neat. I think I think those those are good suggestions. So I, I do I do like that. Uh, let me take a quick glance at some uh, solicitations I put out through our MMA fighting account. I asked for Grasso and uh, Jorjito 1828 on Twitter says uh, Joanne Calderwood, which would be a great fight and I think happens someday. I think we agree. We just want to see JoJo's either earned a title shot or I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if she needs to fight again. Oh, she, but she said she's open. Or we said Lauren Murphy, right? Yeah, I think so Lauren she, she needs she needs one more. Yeah. So uh, a great match again. I think we see that fight someday. I don't think that's next for Joanne Calderwood. Um, a Gaslam. Everyone just says Cannoneer. Uh, I'm just looking at it. the post on our site. All the responses Cannoneer. So I guess I guess that's really uh, really the one to go with. Um, uh, I mentioned uh, Muhammad and uh, Neil Magny, and I see people saying Muhammad Jeff Neil. Okay, I see Luke. Luke, the fight didn't. Ha- that, that fight hasn't happened, right? Muhammad Luke. No, Jeff Neil did though. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm getting things mixed up here. So people say Luke. It gets brought up every time I ask about any uh, welterweight that's like around the around the top, uh, the bottom of the top 10, 15 range. It's always Luke. So I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should just stop even mentioning those. Uh, we all just want to see Luke fight again because Luke rules. Um, I, I know. OK. Uh, Jake Marshall tweeted at both of us at Simone Stamen. Sure. Uh, Bobby Adkins. I did not screen these, by the way. So if anything inappropriate happens here, uh, likes the Brunson Holland loser. And uh, our, our classic listener, Mighty Magic Mart, likes... This is a little confusing. Oh, he likes the Muhammad Lee suggestion. Oh, this one I like too. Um, this was brought up, I think, by a couple people. Uh, Brad Tavares. I think Brad Tavares has maybe earned that fight finally by by winning the uh, gatekeeper battle with Shoeface. Maybe uh, he earns himself a top ten fight. Uh, he's just been around for so long. It's he, he he at some point he has to get one of those fights, right? Right. So uh, thank you guys. That's a, that was a bit of a glance from the readers. A gloss over our. I keep saying read, readers, listeners. A glance. I'll go over our. Uh, DMs quickly. Uh, 
uh, Aronsky Hernandez versus Carl Roberson. Yeah, that's fine. I like that one. Awesome. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that, but I like that. Uh, Michael Pirogini, Grasso versus Roxanne Modafferi. I wouldn't be against that either. I would not be against that. I think it'd be cool, a cool fight for Grasso again, and you get kind of that uh, uh, new generation versus pioneer battle, which, and I just, you know, again, f- fun match to watch. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, from Mitchell Robinson, Stan. Uh, get well soon, Mitchell Robinson, by the way, of the New York Knicks. Uh, has a little injury. It's going to put him out for six to eight weeks. Uh, he threw out a bunch. I won't, I won't read them all. Uh, Andre Ewell versus Sergey Morozov. I like that. I just I just like Morozov a lot. I want to see him back in action. Uh, uh, I think if we had done a wild card pick, we probably both would have suggested this um, for Ian Heinish. Uh, Brandon Allen. I know it's it. That, that fight's going to. Yeah. That's not a curse fight, right? That's going to happen someday, right? It has to happen now. Right. Two, two cancellations. No reason not to try and put that one back together. And he, uh, Mitchell Robinson, Stan. Also, uh, Macy Barber, Ariana Lipsky. Yeah. Sure. I'm into that. I'm, I'm into, into that. that too. We got a new contributor, Mr. Liam Perry, who was very busy uh, messaging me. He said he was at work while the card was happening and that he was <laughs> bored. So he had a lot of suggestions, uh, many of which were repeated by others. So, Liam, I, I won't read those ones out again. But uh, I did like this. It's a very musical matchup. Pollyanna Viana versus Brianna Van Buren. So, okay. So, so hashtag uh, hashtag Viana Brianna, and uh, look good. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for a good hashtag, Mike. It's it's Not gonna be a while. Thing. It's gonna be a while for that fight because Brianna is about to have a baby. Oh gosh, that's right. Oh well, congratulations, of course, to uh, to Brianna. But uh, yeah, I guess that fight won't, won't happen soon. Oh no, ha- no hashtag Brianna Brianna for now. But somewhere, someday, someday, uh, Brianna, very young, uh, long career ahead of her. And uh, Barry O'Reilly liked uh, Hernandez. He liked Hernandez versus Darren Stewart, which I also like. For some reason, really piqued my interest. Stewart is fighting Eric Anders on March thirteenth. Yes. But uh, so that's the reason I brought up to remind people. But I, I, I don't mind. I like the idea. I like the. I, I think the winner of that fight would be fine. Would be fine for Hernandez. Sure. Uh, via email, we've got uh, got a few contributors. Harry Dwoskin, like uh, he with you, Hernandez versus Jim. So there you go, great minds. And Barbara versus Liana Jojua, which I like because I want Barbara to take a big step back and get to style on someone. With respect to Jojua, I think she's a bit closer to Barbara's level of uh, where I think Barbara is developmentally. Uh, Matt Bradbury, Pollyanna Viana versus Loma Lukbunmi. I'm so for that. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, and one of my Matt Bradbury, one of my favorite reader suggestions, Hadolfo <laughs> Vieta versus Joaquin Buckley. Jeez, chaos, chaos, chaos! Wow, it'd be it'd be the the, uh, the craziest four minutes in MMA history. What a cool fight that would be! I I wow. for some reason I I just don't think either camp is look would be looking in that direction. I just think it'd be such a cool fight if it did though. Uh, Tristan Gordet wants to see the world burn, and uh, one of his suggestions was Gilbert Burns versus Nate Diaz. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I, I, oh, listen, and- I love the fight. I'd love to see Gilbert get that fight, but just unfortunately not going to happen. I, I wanted to read this out. I want to. Uh, Marcus McGahey, who normally hits us up on Twitter, did send me an email, possibly because he wanted to write a more comprehensive matchup message. He likes Alexa Grasso versus Caitlin Chukagian, and oh my gosh, why is my email not working right now? Oh my gosh, oh, my no. gift. Oh, stall, 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 stall. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, what are your Valentine's Day plans, Mike? No, 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 I got it, 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 I got it. I got it. I mean, uh, what are your Valentine's Day plans, Mike? Not much. I think I'm going to take my kids sledding today. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the wife 
she uh, she works in the dental industry, so she had her second round of oh. the vaccine, and she got it yesterday. So today she is not feeling all that well. She's uh oh that that I, from what I've been told and what she was told yesterday is that the second round is like way worse than the first. It puts you on your ass. Oh, like that second day, oh. and she's dealing with that right now. So uh, might just be watching oh. movies and uh, oh. doing some sledding today. Hey. That's that's a perfect balance. I would uh, that's sledding. That's a good idea. That's a perfect Valentine's Day. Uh, sorry, so I'm sorry, guys. My email is fixed, uh, and he says, "Okay, this is Marcus McKay." He had to say about uh, Grasshopper versus Chicken. He also kind of talks about the Flyweders. He said, "Admittedly, this is my only uh, one truly se- truly selfish pick. Still, it's worth bearing in mind that plausibly three women are vying for a flyweight title shot at the moment, namely uh, Jessica Andrade, JoJo, and Lauren Murphy." Assuming one of them gets the call without competing again, I'd like to see the remaining two fighters go head-to-head for the number one contender spot. That leaves just two fighters coming off of wins that are also ranked higher than Grasso uh, in his own rankings. Of those two, I like the Chikigian matchup more than the Arujo matchup. Nevertheless, I get pairing Grasso with the latter, with Arujo possibly, given their proximity in uh, most reputable rankings. So thank you, uh, Mark McGahee, for the suggestion and also for explaining it so nicely. So, uh, And lastly, of course, our Instagram boys always closing the show. <laughs> Uh, very quickly, Jay Steiner, Diego Lima. Uh, shout out to Diego Lima. You know, we, we, I like to use the readers for uh, fighters that we didn't necessarily uh, match up. Diego Lima, Alex Morano. Beautiful matchup. Would love. Did Morano, he didn't. No, he, he didn't get released. Why don't they get released? No, no the guy, I don't think so. Guy, I'm sorry. The guy, I'm sorry. He beat, he beat uh, Reese McKee, and Reese McKee got released, unfortunately. Uh, uh, Jacob Best likes Usman Wonderboy. Also likes Grasso Chikagian. And uh, what do you think of this one? Brian Kelleher. Versus the O'Malley, uh, Sean O'Malley, Thomas Almeida uh, loser. That fight happens on March 27th. Winner or loser. It's fine with me. We really want to see him fight O'Malley. There's this a lot of heat behind that fight. you got to make that one happen. And uh, I, I, I closed out with these guys because they both recommended... I shouldn't even. This is such a gratuitous mention of this guy's name. It's not even... <laughs> I, why am I doing this? Uh, from Jay Steiner and Jacob Best, they both said... Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Hamzat Shemaev. Yep. Shout out yes, to I, uh, love, I love it. <laughs> shout out to John George yep. uh, on Instagram as well. Send me a, a DM. Uh, wouldn't mind seeing Bilal against Edwards. Like if they booked Leon versus Colby, the loser of that fight, or Bilal versus Hamzat would be would be fun too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, let's move on from the Edwards matchup. I, I'm not. I wasn't against the Shemaev Edwards matchup. I didn't love it. I wasn't against it. But it's not such an intriguing matchup that we need to keep rebooking this thing over and over again. So if we're time to move on, it's time to move on. Uh, I think Muhammad would wait for Shemaev as long as, long as it takes for Shemaev to recover from, hopefully fully recover from these, you know, uh, COVID-19 symptoms, which is wreaking havoc on the poor guy. Um, but whenever he's ready, I think Muhammad, that's a fight Muhammad should wait for. And I think it's a much uh, more appropriate matchup for Shemaev. Still, still, honestly, higher rank than I would give him. But uh, Edwards was even higher than that. So I like it. I like it stylistically. Uh, I like it uh, name-wise for Muhammad. No, it's not a top 10 guy, but he's wanted a big name. Shemaev is still one of the more intriguing names out there. And if Muhammad beat him, boy, he'd, he'd steal a lot of that thunder. It'd be really good for, for Bilal. Absolutely. Same management team, too, which would make things a little interesting in the negotiation table. Uh, I, did have, I did have one um, on Twitter from Oren Sleepwalker. At Oren83 for Kamara Usman, he said the only fight that makes sense is Leon Edwards. There's even a story to be told there, slightly similar to the Connor Dustin one. Uh, you beat me long ago, but I'm not the same fighter now. Uh, running back Mazdal or Covington makes no sense. 
But yeah, I, I believe, listen, it does, the, the Mazadal fight does make sense. And the Covington fight makes sense. There's sense to both of those fights. And those are the two yeah. biggest fights for Kamara Usman right now. Let's be honest. We, they're, they're, they're not meritocracy-based, but they're the two biggest fights. And as a fan, I want to see the Covington fight again. Like, I want to see how that plays out the second time around. Like, could Usman just go in there and just starch him? Or does Covington make the adjustments and, and win? Because Covington looked pretty damn good once he moved to MMA Masters and fought Tyron Woodley. That was like a different guy. And I, I want to see how that fight would play out. Of course, Covington's going to need another win. For Gilbert Burns, he said the right fight would be Burns versus Mazadal. But there's no yeah. chance in hell for that. Yeah, so you know, Burns, So Burns, Chiesa, or Burns, Wonderboy, although they're both coming off wins and should be fighting each other. Jeff Neal is an option, too, but probably too big of a drop. Mike, you mentioned that the Covington and and uh, uh, Mazadal rematch makes sense for, for makes sense for Usman. They make dollars and cents. Am I right, buddy? Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm listening. I'm the first person to make that joke. No one steal that phrase. All right, that's I just I just invented that. I just invented that joke. Nobody steal that. I I have to read out this, Mike. I, we as we're recording, I just got a message from our pal in uh, Sweden. Oh, excuse me, if I get this wrong. I think Sweden, Finland. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Tok 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 Girding Jensen. Stall, I know, stall. I'm terrible. Uh, stall, more stalling. The <laughs> Netherlands. I'm sorry, the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Uh, I believe it's. Uh, but I, I, Tok Girding Jensen at Tok DK on Twitter. I, I, I'll shout him out so you guys can follow him on Twitter uh, as an apology for my my uh, North American ignorance. Uh, has a suggestion which we hadn't thought of. And again, hey, close, more age appropriate matchup for Macy Barber, possibly uh, Kay Hansen. If she beats uh, Cheyenne Bays, but uh, she likes Barber versus the Hanson Bays winner. So very cool. So you uh, got that got that in at the buzzer. Had to, had to mention that. But most importantly, Mike, before we uh, thank you all the readers, by the way, uh, uh, you can reach me at uh, Alexander K. Lee on Twitter at Alexander K. K. Lee on Instagram, Alex.Lee at SBNation.com. And Mike, how do you want them to reach? How, what's the preferred way of reaching you again? Probably Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR. Yeah. If, if you want to hit me up on IG, I do my best. I'm trying to get better with that. Um, mm-hmm. I saw I saw like a couple minutes ago, I was just looking at like my DMs, how they go in like the, the other folder. And yeah, yeah. there's some that just I hadn't seen. And some people are kind of upset with me that I didn't see them. I apologize. I suck at Instagram. Oh I've said gosh. it before. I'll big say timing. it again. I suck at are it. Are you big timing the listeners? I know, Look, I know this is the hottest podcast out there right now. <laughs> Uh, I know we're taking over the podcast world, this 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 this, uh, this developing industry that is podcasts. But uh, Mike, you can't big time the listeners. Not trying. Yeah, this to. Is, they, got, they got us here. They're the ones who got us here. For, for goodness That's sake. true. Uh, I apologize. I will uh, get better. I will get better. It might yeah, be like the summer. By like the summertime, I'll be like, I'll be an Instagram wizard. All right. You'll be TikToking by by summer. You'll be TikToking. <laughs> God, don't say Kidding? that. <laughs> don't say uh that. but yes thank you readers awesome suggestion as always uh but yes the most important matchup of the week as we touched upon earlier as we really touched upon throughout the show uh julian marquez and miley cyrus my good look this is i'm not i have to talk about this to end the show for anyone who doesn't know the story is up on mmafighting.com uh julian marquez uh, uh used his post fight time to say i'm gonna read out verbatim uh, i've been 31 months to get on this damn mic and to call these people out right now dramatic pause this is my time to shine so miley cyrus will you be my valentine and i just realized now i think he rhymed that on purpose so so well done and sure enough late evening on saturday following the card miley miley ray cyrus replies on twitter shave an mc into your chest hair and i am yours heart emoji happy v-day and congrats my love this is real marquez miley 
is happening, and I could not be happier for them. So uh, let's let's uh, Mike. I know you you uh, you hopefully will speak to Marquez soon, and uh, we will get more on this this developing story. Uh, such a nice happy story for what uh, what is has been some. There's been some negative stories in the MMA media this week. Let's be honest. So uh, really happy to see this one cap off cap off Valentine's Day, Day, Day weekend. So beautiful. I'm all for it. My Miley Marquez. The UFC needs to jump all over this thing. Like we need to see a like love connection type show where, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be happy to host it. Julian, tell us about your date. We got Miley in the other room. You know, we waited. Do we want to do want to do go out again? Like I want to see how this date plays out, uh, where he takes her. I think I think it would be a blast. I think I think Miley would have like the best date of her life with a guy like Julian Marcus. How can you not? Do you so see just the 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 the. I don't know if the gif. What do we call them? Gifs, gifs. I don't know really sure. But the gif, gif the gif of Julia Marquez like walking to the octagon, which is like that bouncy smiley face, oh. is the greatest thing I've ever seen in joy. my life. Sheer joy, sheer joy, sheer uh, joy. My love. She quote <laughs> quote unquote. My love. I think they're internet married now. I don't know how some of these. Again, I, I'm a little bit an older guy. I don't know how some of these internet rules work. I think they're technically internet married. Uh, again, that, that might not be recognized by the government, or you know, or, or uh, but I do, I do think they're internet married. My love, I think, I think Julian Mark has his Facebook stash just, just changed to in a relationship. <laughs> he didn't leave a name one. though. Didn't leave a name. He's still, <laughs> st- still trying to keep it anonymous. You know, keep us guessing. <laughs> so, that mysterious. Uh, Julian Mark is it. unreal. My hero. Nicely done, Julian, and uh, nicely done to the listeners, like AK alluded to. But join us next week as we discuss the aftermath of UFC Vegas. 19 we're at we're at 19 right this is 19 sure yes sure. that will be headlined by curtis blades versus Derek lewis the co-main event is ketlin vieta versus yana kunitskaya it is not the let's be honest not the most loaded card in terms of name value but there are a lot of fun scraps on this card uh and we just found out one of those fights the other day, we found out that Jai Herbert is out of his fight against Drakkar Close, and now Drakkar Close will now be fighting violent Bob Ross himself, Luis Pena, on short notice. So that should be a, a fun little scrap as well. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, for Alex Kaylee, I am Mike Hack. Remember, don't take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we'll have fun once again next week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.